0: All right, folks, here we are, episode 74. If you're listening to this in real time, this is the second podcast episode after a break. So I am super excited to be back with you all chatting about some of these really, really, really important topics about eating disorders, psychoanalysis. I mean, you know my jam already by now. Just one update before we jump into today's episode. It's been a minute that I haven't talked about in my newsletter, which I'm obsessed with. And for those of you, of course, that are not currently subscribed, you can always do so and always unsubscribe should it become boring to you. But it has been weekly up until now or up until before break. Right now, I'm continuing to do it monthly for just right now. We might continue to go back to weekly. Who knows? I will pop into your inbox every single month instead of every week. And uh, of course, if you have any feedback on that, let me know. But just to make sure that we keep it fun and keep it fresh and sustainable right now, it's going to be monthly. But anyways, link in the show notes, link on my website for more fun stuff. Today's episode is just you and me. And what we're talking about is the idea that advice and recommendations are never universal, which is interesting. I just made a universal statement, whatever. This is for you if you're the kind of person who reads something, listens to something, hears someone tell you something and you're like, oh, is that why I'm having trouble doing this or would that help me? And either you implement it or you think that you should implement it or you feel bad for not implementing it, which if we're going to bring it to your relationship with food, I mean, come on. How many of you are looking online or searching for podcasts or stuff on social media about What's to do to become healthier, to lose weight, whatever it might be. And then you hear that it's this secret thing or this superfood or this particular workout. I mean, come on. How many of us have fallen trapped to that? Now, the reason why I think this is so important besides for healing your relationship with food is because this happens with everything. It's going to happen your entire life. Everyone is going to have an opinion. The internet is going to have an opinion and especially the marketing people are going to like to use clickbait and, you know, make you feel like you're missing out if you don't do what they say, or if you don't do this, then you will be completely screwed forever. This carries with us in our entire life. So whether that's with food or with money or with relationships or with like literally everything. So I wanted to break down each section, give a couple of examples, even if it's just for those of you who are like, oh my God, yes. And then a couple of like, okay, so now what do we do about it? Let's zero in on food stuff because that's where a lot of you are at today. This thing happens all the time. So you read in an article or someone posts on social media about three things that I did to lose weight this year. Or if you cut out dairy, then you will have this. Or this is the one food that it took to get the results that I achieved. Now, if some of you are a bit more advanced, you're like, that's ridiculous. Obviously, chia seeds are not going to completely change your life. I roll. But some of the things are a lot more under the radar. So they're sort of sneaky. It's not like, oh, do this one thing. It's a, this is how I approached it. It worked for me. For example, somebody who says, instead of having big meals have however many small meals throughout the day and that's the thing that will help you feel satisfied but also lose weight at the same time so yeah it sort of sounds reasonable but they don't know you they don't know what you're already doing you don't know what they're doing besides for that but I think it gets even trickier when we're talking to people who you know of course have some clout so they have medical degrees or nutrition degrees and they're actually giving advice that is based in science. And it's really hard to say, oh, that's not true for me because it actually might be true generally. What I mean is there have been a couple of episodes where I've brought somebody on who again is either a medical professional or an RD and they've shared specifically in terms of increasing your health, that increasing your veggie and fruit intake and increasing your movement Slash doing some movement, among other things like sleep, managing stress, etc., are proven to help you stay healthy, not lose weight, stay healthy. The problem with that is you can be listening to that and you can be having salad for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Someone says increase your veggie intake. That's actually a bad idea for you. Or if someone says Yeah, you just got to do a little bit more movement, just a few more minutes a day, just a half an hour extra a week, whatever it is that they say, but you're working out every single day for hours or even every single day and every single day is too much for you. Working out more is terrible, terrible advice, even when someone means well. So the problem is when you think about taking someone's advice, even if they're the most qualified person, even if they are giving really sound advice is that they are not giving advice based on an assessment of what you are doing. They probably don't even know you. So going back to the episode about the AAP, when there was the recommendations of the the kids losing weight, all that stuff. I mean, how can you forget that episode? Jessica said something about her personal experience that they said something about, oh, you should lose weight, or this was for a family member. You should lose weight. And she was like, well, I'm gonna skip that. And if there's nothing else that you have to say to me about that, then I'm going to look for other medical answers to this problem. Because she knows in her house what they eat and how they eat. And she's a dietitian, and she knows that it's good for them. It works for them. And that is not a thing that they need to change. They don't need to change their food. So I'm mentioning this because it happens very often when we go to the doctor, we see a dietitian or a therapist, whatever it is, and they say, oh, all you have to do is eat healthier, whatever that means, or increase your vegetables, or increase your protein, or just watch what you eat. That's my favorite. Or just move a little bit more, is that if you're already doing... Something that works for you, changing that is actually terrible advice. It's really hard to do this when there is somebody in a position, I don't want to say a position of power, but somebody who has knowledge. We know that they know what they're talking about and they also deliver it in a really confident way. It's really hard for us to be like, oh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work for me. But just know this you might go to a doctor. Or any provider, and whatever advice that they give you is not etched in stone. If you know that your relationship with food is either spot on or it actually leaves a lot to be desired, and you need less structure as opposed to more rules, you are the first person that needs to say what goes and comes, not anybody else. Now, I understand that this requires a lot of assertion of yourself and feeling comfortable for yourself. And this episode is to sort of like boost you up a bit, you know, you know, when you're working out a little too much for your body, you know, when it's not working for you, you know, when perhaps the advice for you specifically is go a day or two or three without having a single vegetable or fruit that might be ideal for you. It might be ideal for you to cut out exercise completely for an entire week or month or whatever is best for you. Of course, caveat there, do this with a professional, perhaps with your therapist, dietitian who specializes in eating disorders and disordered eating. Maybe don't make this completely on your own because, I mean, we all need support, but if somebody who doesn't know every single part of what's going on, they haven't done a full assessment of all the intricacies of your relationship with food and movement, I don't know. I'm not gonna say like chuck their advice in the garbage, but like at the very least red flag it. Now let's move past relationship with food just for a minute. This applies to everything. When you're in recovery, for example, if somebody says, This is how you do recovery. You need to go to a higher level of care. You need to go to an IOP and then step down to a therapist. And the therapist needs to specialize in all of these alphabets. And then you need to work with this person because that's the best person and you have to do meds. I mean, maybe, but is this person advising you? Do they know exactly what's going on for you? what your inner thoughts are, what your financial capacity is, what your past experience with all of this is. If the answer to that is yes, and they're still saying, this is what I think is best for you, this is what my advice would be, then maybe you can have a conversation about that. But if they don't know all of it, oh yeah, they don't really have a place to say that. Another thing, something that I actually love is tracking. So if let's say you're working with a dietitian, they say, Maybe we should start tracking your food and movement, especially when you're not eating and some of your mood when you're eating, before you're eating, after you're eating, et cetera, et cetera. Just because then we have a better idea of what's actually going on. So we can get a better sense of, is this restricting? Is this binging? How is it relative to your inner experience, meaning actual versus subjective? And then modifying that based on what makes sense for the next step. But you can be the kind of person that literally tracks everything. You have your Apple Watch and your Fitbit and your spreadsheets and your who knows what systems, and you know everything (laughs) in the last five years to a T. You know exactly which week you binged on what and when and all the circumstances. If that's you, maybe tracking more is a terrible idea. And I say this... Even when I'm a huge fan of tracking, I'm a huge fan of journaling. But if you're the kind of person that just writes and writes and writes and writes, writes, it doesn't do anything for you. And it ends up either pissing you off or you don't actually get connected with your emotional experience because of it. Maybe it's time for a break. So even doing recovery, even doing therapy is so, so different for everyone. There is no one size fits all. Obviously, you know, my chip on my shoulder with the alphabet soup of CBT, DBT, ACT, or ACT, and EMDR. I mean, like the IFS, the alphabet goes on and on and on. If you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, hallelujah to you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, God bless you. But I don't practice that way. Maybe I incorporate some of it, but I just don't see therapy as a one-size-fits-all. So if somebody is coming and saying, the only thing that can work for me is CBT, specialized for eating disorders, I don't know. Maybe it is. But just because someone says that that is a thing that is the most helpful for all people, and research has shown also one of my favorite catchphrases, it really doesn't mean that that is what's going to be beneficial for you. You need to know what's good for you. If you don't know, it's good for you to explore that, to talk it through. But making these blatant statements coming from somewhere else when someone hasn't quite assessed everything that's going on for you is kind of ridiculous. Another example, money. This one is a big one, especially for people with disordered eating. I don't know who we would be talking to, but the whole sort of like save spend situation with money that financial gurus give you so much advice. I mean, like there are these top people, some people swear by Dave Ramsey. Some people are like, our blood boils by Dave Ramsey, but the bottom line is, is that it works for some people, and it really, really, really doesn't work for other people. So if someone's saying you got to save X percentage of your money, you need to make sure that you're putting this much to retirement or this much to your debts, and you shouldn't have this type of debt, and you shouldn't do that, and you should do this. I don't know. I mean, some advice is probably sound, like perhaps you know, not racking up debt on credit cards because that. Interest is like completely ridiculous and unsustainable. But like most money advice is not based on your personal experience. So if someone is saying, don't buy that Starbucks latte, that's like the sort of hallmark example of luxury spending, that's not luxury, but like more frivolous spending, you might actually derive a lot of pleasure from your Starbucks latte in the morning every single day. I would say that that's a pretty sound investment for you if the $5 or whatever it is now, $8 for the latte is going to really, really help you in order for you not to feel restricted, in order for you to feel pampered in a minor way, whatever it is. Point being, when someone says something about money, they don't know. They don't know you, they don't know your situation, and they can be 100% wrong. Another example, this comes up a lot with parenting with, oh my God, everyone has opinions about sleep training. Oh, this is what you should do. This is what I did. You're doing this wrong. You should definitely not do this. This is how it works. Whatever works for you is what works for you. Every parent is different. Every kid is different. If one kid benefits from a certain type of school or a certain type of structure, A, it doesn't mean that your next kid will benefit from the same thing. It doesn't mean that your neighbor will benefit from the same thing. You need to know you, your household, your kids, your family, your neighbors, your personal situation. And nobody, unless they have some sort of eye into how your brain works, which, unless you tell them, I don't think that they do, will not be able to tell you that you're doing something wrong, that you should do something or shouldn't do something, because recommendations and advice are never universal. I think what we also need to do, is keep in mind who it's coming from. So of course, the people who have a little bit more under their belt, you know, they have a degree, they're actually a medical professional and they're giving out medical advice. Maybe we would listen to them a little bit more, of course, with a grain of salt, but it's definitely different than these health coaches that have no training under their belt. But I think it's also worth noting that there's a certain type of attitude that some of this might come along with. And I know you know what I'm talking about. You have a friend or a family member or a colleague or a boss that is, they just like the sound of their voice and they like talking. And they're the kind of person that like really make you angry when they open their mouth because they always have advice. They're always telling you what they're doing, implying explicitly or implicitly that you're doing something wrong. Those people that are obsessed with themselves really into their own ego, Those are specifically the people that you should not be listening to, because even if they have something valid to say, which let's be honest, probably not, it really, again, doesn't mean that you need to take their advice. Now, if it's a specific person that's telling you this one-on-one and you feel comfortable, you could always say something like, oh, that's great, but no thanks. I don't think I'm going to try that. Or it sounds like it really works for you. I don't know if it's going to work for me or I don't plan on using that. That's very interesting. Something to the effect of, yeah, no, but maybe in a little bit of a nicer way. Or if you don't want to be that confrontational, you can very sort of stealthily exit the conversation and be like, oh, that sounds wonderful and switch the subject. When it's more general information, like you're scrolling and it's popping out to you, something that you saw on social media that you really can't get out of your head, even if you saw it three weeks ago. Keep remembering this. Recommendations are never universal. If you are struggling with disordered eating, you should probably not get any of your nutrition advice from online or from other people. Ask yourself this question. Would this person, would this forum, would this article, would this podcast episode, would this social media post still say the same thing if they knew exactly what was going on for me? And if the answer is probably not, then you should definitely not take their word for it. If you're unsure, maybe it's a sign for you to get more individualized help and support to try to figure out what could work for you. So if there is one thing that you have learned from today is that advice is never, ever, ever universal. Just because someone loves it doesn't mean it works for you. It doesn't actually even mean that it works for them. But Take it with a grain of salt. You do not owe it to anyone to follow anyone's advice, ever. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. You'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.